and welcome back to another edition of the Scout Team Podcast. I'm Emery Hunt, the Czar of the Playbook. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at FBall Game Plan. Also, subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes if you listen to the podcast. You can also find all of our podcasts on our SoundCloud page at soundcloud.com slash Podcast. And be sure to follow us on YouTube, which is the Football Game Plan Network, located at youtube.com slash football game plan. That's where you find all of our draft content. Everything that we have coming down the pike from the All-Star Games to our position breakdowns to our individual player interviews and previews and things of that nature, you can find all of that right there on our YouTube channel as well as our website, footballgameplan.com. So today, with all that said, joined by a very special player, Monty Finner from Towson. Got to see him play live a couple of times in my little broadcast career as they have played uh, Morgan State. I did a couple of Morgan State games, and Monty was – I got it. Definitely said, out, Monty, I appreciate you taking time. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. One thing that stood out to me initially, man, and is uh, I'm old school. So I'm 37 years old. I played college ball, and, and it was a completely different game back when I played, juxtaposed to what you guys play now. However, I do feel as though when I watch you play, you could have played back in – and when I say back in the day, I'm talking about 99 to 02. So you could have played back then because you had the same mindset of those guys that used to play the safety position. Like you are one of those guys that actually look to hit. You know, you're not a peekaboo safety, you're not a peekaboo linebacker type player. You're a guy that actually wants to tackle, and I find that just impressive about your game. Is that a fair assessment of how you play? And if so, where did that mindset come from? Because you don't see it nowadays. I've uh, Cam Chancellor and you know Sean Taylor. Those are the people that I um, looked up to in the game. And you know the rules is 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 very scary. Like you know, like you got to be very smart on how you hit hit guys nowadays. Like you know, in a college, if you get hit for target, you rejected like half of the half of the game or or the rest of the game, depending on when when you want to strike that person. But I mean, growing up, I was always, you know, willing, willing to hit, and you gotta know how to hit. Um, also, on the safety side, like being, like being hit, some, know how to hit somebody, and being, being having a safety hazard. Like, you know, it's, it's guys that really to drill someone that's not scared, but you can't always do that because you can, you can hurt yourself too, you know. And, and for me, I feel like you know, laying someone out is just, it's football, so it's just fun. Like you can actually take your anger out with somebody whenever you want. And it's legal. <laughs> <laughs> one, one thing that was, uh, that, that, that I used to remember that I hated about guys like yourself was that, okay, pre-snap, if I'm looking at my keys and I know we're going to probably run outside zone or some sort of crack toss. And I see where, okay, I know I'm going to beat this linebacker to the spot. The safety is probably not going to get there in the hole and I'm going to have a big game. But the way you shrink space to go from, the back half all the way down to the the uh, the line of scrimmage and really close that gap to where a, a back gets outside and thinks he has a lane and you're right there to fill it and make that play in space. Where does that that come from? Does that come from film study and, and really getting a beat on what the offense does, or is that something that you usually feel as as far as how the play is, is starting to develop in front of you? Um, I've, I really say it's my position coach and the way he drills in the practice. Um, Joe Tricario, he he's always about you know, always about hitting. At the end of the day, no no play is perfect. Like no tackle is perfect. Like you can you can practice shoe strength tackles, you can practice a bunch of drills, and 
at the end of the day, he just wants you to get the ball down because it, it's it's not going to be always be a perfect tackle in 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 the game, you know. And like like I feel like it's just also film study too. Like you can never watch enough film. Like we're we're watching film like all we the week Friday night. 11, like, 8, 9 o'clock in team meetings, like, we're always trying to get that last little bit of film in. And I feel like that it separates, that separates myself from a lot of DBs nowadays, especially from the uh, SCS and the FBS division, because, like you said, you don't really see too many guys laying the wood no more or willing to lay the wood no more. Even in the NFL, like, you, you may see guys willing to tackle, but tackling and hitting is, like, two different things. And I feel like that's that would be able to that would I bring an extra more thing for my character. I'm willing to hit. Well, you bring up a great point. I'm glad you brought that up about tackling and hitting is two different things. We used to call that want to. And you know, uh, when I say stuff like that, let's say on the Twitterverse and things of that nature, people always want a elongated explanation of what does that mean? Uh, you know, a technical term. But football guys know. When I say he has that want to or has that dog in him or he he looks to hit, you kind of get what I'm saying. There's a difference, like you said, there's a difference between tackling and hitting somebody. Tackling you, you do when you're out there in the front yard playing with your homeboys. Hitting is when someone has stolen something from you and you're chasing him down. You don't care what's in your way. You're gonna you're gonna take the right angles, you're gonna weave your way through the trash, and you're gonna beat him to the point of attack, and you're gonna bring him down to the ground. That right there is hitting as opposed to what tackling is. Am I right in that assessment? You're right. Definitely right. <laughs> <laughs> There's a certain thing that clicks in your head when you really want to bring somebody to the ground. And, and you know, I can't say all of that on a broadcast. So I say so-and-so so has the want to. And these people nowadays want so many words when you could just say it simply and those that know understand. But I digress. Let me get off my soapbox for a second. You came from a really good high school. And I know Oscar Smith High School is a really good high school because, well, I found this out two years ago. Um, I did the championship game. I forgot who they played, but I was on the broadcast for the Oscar Smith. It was a playoff game. And I'm like, Westfield. this is my – yeah, exactly. That's who it was, Westfield. Now, I was the guy uh, – I'm born and raised in New Orleans. So, for me, it was the South is where all the talent is, high school football. And so, since I've been living in New York City area, it's like I had to get – acclimate to how good high school football is in Jersey, how good high school football is in Maryland, and how great high school football is in Virginia. And so I was just blown away at the talent level at that high school uh, in that area, in this, that whole mid-Atlantic region. And I said all that to say this, that type of talent and that type of skill set consistently within where you played, it kind of helped prep you for the college game. How did playing at Oscar Smith kind of help make your transition to the college game a lot easier? Uh, it was Oscar Smith when Richard Morgan, you know, shout out to Coach Morgan and his staff. Uh, he built that pre really built that program. That program was like from it came from nothing. Like Oscar Smith was like always O N nine, O N ten, and then he got there O two, and he really turned that program around. That was the first team to play on national TV and. The play out of state teams, like guys wasn't really like people was winning state championship, like Hampton was winning state championships and Phoebus, but they really wasn't like, you know, taking big challenges. And from ninth to twelfth grade, J V and Varsity, like we're we're lifting weights. Our training program was, you know, we was doing all exercises and 
you know, um, we was running, his system was like a college system, like high school. It was like we was having periods in high school, like like 20 periods of practice. And, you know, he, he really, like, formed us into, he molded us into that next transition to college. So, basically, only thing that was different from college and high school was the game speed. You know, all the exercising was was it was already new to me. Like, I was getting to high, I was getting to college, and kids was like, "Well, I never power clean in high school." He just <laughs> did good. So I'm like, "Y'all never power clean in high school?" So you know, like, or oh, we never squat. Like, we'll do bench and we'll just go about our day. So as him being our gym teacher and head coach, he was our strength coach at the same time too. So that's why, like, I'm, I'm really blessed and, and thankful that I came from that area. In that area specifically is is this talent and also that high school. Man, I laugh because <laughs> my freshman year in college, I played at University of Louisiana, and that that first class we had, I want to say thirty five signees, and maybe fourteen of us was from New Orleans, right? So we all knew each other. And we get in the weight room, and we're starting to, to you know, you have the what you're supposed to do on the board. And you just follow your circuit, right? And so it right. got the hang clean, and we was kind of like all looking at each other, like, "Yo, you know what's that?" So we watch other guys do it, like, "Wait, so they they holding the weight, and they they have to jerk it up and flip it, like, man, we gonna die, like that. That's impossible to do." And coach was like, <laughs> "The strict coach was like, which you, you none of you guys know how to wake." He said, "Who doesn't know how to hang clean?" We all the dudes from New Orleans raised their hand, like he was like, "Man, my God, we're not recruiting no more dudes." From the it was like, yo, we never did that, man. Like, all we did was bench, squat, maybe some calf raises and some curls, and that's about it. He was like, wow, and I was like, yeah, we had absolutely zero weight weight program. And, um, so we had to learn all that. So, you know, again, you coming from that program, it kind of shows itself on the field. You also redshirted when you first got there. I think a lot of people, you know, don't understand how beneficial red shirting can be some look yeah. at it as light but it's so I, I was a red shirt and i mean just from a physical development mental development understanding how to watch film and it was huge for me so can you explain how beneficial your red shirt year was for you and why you were able to start the last three seasons of your career last four years i'm sorry i'm glad i read like you know guys want to rush to get to the next level and um, like you said, that that year is just you know training and and, and learning from the older guys and for you know that spring you know and very beneficial because um because you're not playing games like you just practice and you used to you know playing a lot and playing all the games. I never looked at it that way. I always was humble and willing to learn. And because I wanted to know when I stepped on the field, I was ready. Like, I wanted to feel ready when I stepped on the field as opposed to, like, man, second-guessing myself. Like, man, I think I burnt my shirt too early or I'm not ready for this or the game. It, 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 it's too fast. Getting that extra year of, of training and getting your weight right and learning from the older guys is very beneficial in the long run. And it helped me out. You know, I had a fantastic – I feel like I had a fantastic four years at Towson and – and, and it helped me. That red shirt definitely helped me. And you get an extra. You know, if you're on full scholarship, you know, you, you get extra. You know, you get extra benefits. From that. 
and experience though in the college experience like you get actually you don't you you don't rush into the and once that's over it's reality like you know whether at the next level or not like it's like you're not on you you're about to be on your own so you don't want to rush being an adult i love college <laughs> nah, listen I, I i tell people all the time i enjoyed college man college is exactly what uh what i thought it was going to be when i you know when i got there you know you grew up watching the program and and those those movies and you know you get there you you know the only thing that that shocked me when I was at college, uh, in college that you know after watching all those games on TV and then watching these movies I thought every game was gonna be packed and nobody was at our games and it was it was so bad there was some, <laughs> that sometimes you could hear like every individual comment in the stands like man I know who that dude is that's saying that like that's wild you know so it. That was the only thing, but everything else was right on par. When you look at your game this year, you close out your senior season. You guys had a really good year, nice little run, um, nationally ranked. Uh, but the defense, I thought, was something that impressed me, especially your play. Again, we had that first game against Morgan State, and you know just the impact you made. And it's hard for guys at that level, as far as the safety position, to make impacts like that you know two guys that really stood out initially uh in that game it was you and it was a guy by the name of uh, josh miles uh the offensive lineman for morgan state and, and normally when i do those games i tend to uh it's hard to really uh, write down everything that you see let's say from a scouting perspective because you're broadcasting the game but the day after when you have chance to sit there and digest you're like man let me just tweet out a take before i forget it because i'm getting old so let me just tweet out <laughs> who I thought really stood out. And I was like, man, that dude number eight really balled out. And so I had to give you your props, man. When you look at the way you play and, and how you play, and you talked about your inspirations earlier, who would you compare your game to now? Oh, uh, like I say, um, you know, Cam, Cam and Sean, like them guys, when you look at their highlights, it's all hits. Like they wasn't just tackling, like they're hitting, driving for five and, you know, like when I feel like if I'm being scouted by a team, I feel like a coach going to say, you know, like for instance, a coach from William and Mary uh, this year, I remember him from Dartmouth in 2016. It's their wide receivers coach. And he was the receivers coach for William and Mary this year. And, you know, um, I had hit one of their uh, key players. It's like the third player of the game, Devontae. He could be mad at me for saying that. that's, that's that's my guy. That's my guy. We He's a good player too. He's a good player. Yeah, definitely. The and that and that Pacific play was, you know, for him. And I hit him and, you know, um knocked him out the game for the rest of the game. And after the game, you know, the coach came up to me. He was like, Man, I remember you from I was at Dartmouth. And I remember him being for Dartmouth. He was like, Man, I was trying to tell everybody, like, man, we got number eight, you know, on the schedule and I feel like when 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 teams scout me, I feel like they they be like, yo, you know, number eight, he's 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 willing to hit, like, you know, and he's not scared of no contact, and that's why I feel like that's how Sean Taylor and Cam Chester was like when people watch film with them, it's like, man, we gotta worry about twenty one coming across the middle, or we gotta worry about Cam because them them guys is they they're willing to bring the paint, <laughs> 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 seriously, and it's. And that and that's a good trick to have when 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 you're when you got that buzz around you, you know, as opposed to you know like, it's a DB, so everybody should be able to. I'm a DB, 
like, I feel like all Division One athletes, you know, you're being recruited for a reason. So you was brought to the school because you, you, you can at least cover, you know. But what else can you bring to the table besides being a typical DB? Like, are you a playmaker? Like, like Honey Badger, like, he was causing a lot of turnovers. So, like, man, this guy likes to script. He likes to script a lot. You know, he's a playmaker. Being that he's undersized, he, some, somehow he can get the ball away from you, you know. And that's why I feel like I bring it to the table. Yeah, when you when you look at th- that having that level of uh, fear around you, you know, it it, it kind of gives people uh, an idea. Okay, well, if he's a hitter, so maybe we can get him in some passing situations and take advantage of his over aggressiveness. But I think that's uh, a myth because you are excellent in coverage as well. Do you feel as though? Your coverage ability is is being vastly underrated by a lot of folks, or if not, uh, what what where do you think your game is being slept on? Um, let me see. Um, you know, it's always room for improvement. You know, uh, I feel like, um, I feel like me coming out my break should be something that I that I may need to improve on. You know, but you know, in the zone, in the zone scheme, I, I can. I can cover like I can cover ground. I can cover a lot of ground and uh and man we wasn't we wasn't running a lot of man this year. You know, but when we was, you know, um I wasn't getting a lot of balls caught on me. Like I think I caught I got like one or two touchdowns caught on me this year. Um it was about some good players, like they just made the good play. And as far as like being slept on, um I'm really known for hitting though. Like, <laughs> I, I, like a lot, of, a lot, of, a lot of people, like coaches, will tell my coaches, like, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to hit. But I mean, slept on. I can just guess say, um, if we ran a lot of man coverage, like how Maine runs it, like Maine runs nothing but man, like blitzing man. I feel like that'd be a way to, to, to get a extra, a extra rise in my game because I can express more. I can show more of me playing man as opposed to a lot of zone. I was running a couple four a lot. So, you know, that it, it turns into man eventually. But, you know, all a lot, man, I could be able to, you know, press if I want to press or play off if I want to play off. Yeah, I like how you broke it down to a lot of people understand cover four essentially starts as a zone but ends up in man, uh, a man defense. When you look at projecting forward to the NFL and a, and a lot of people will start to, you know, pick apart your game and what you do well and where you can improve and things of that nature. But when one thing you can't pick apart is the passion you have to have to play the game at a high level and to play it at your position, to play it like how you play. It shows a really good love for the game. So what is it about the game that you say you love the most? Um, just having fun, man. It's, you know, I've been, I've been doing this for 15 years and, uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, I was playing since '03, and it's 2018. Yeah, yeah, 15. You years. sound like you sound like me. You sound like an old head, man. We <laughs> <laughs> played for 15 years, and you know, in the next, the, you know, the league isn't promised for everybody, but for the ones that that it is, you know, I just say, you know, while you were in college or high school, you know, don't take it for granted, you know, and it's fun. Like I, I just play it for you know fun. I also want to. Be able to, you know, um, where I came from, it was rough, rough neighborhood. So, and not too many guys, you know, make it out. And I'm one of the guys that 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 has that opportunity. So I definitely want to take advantage of it. 
and you know and be able to say that I did it for my family and you know for Towson and all that that school looks a lot at me for a lot of stuff like um the Wardell Turner scholarship and it just shows great value and character that people trusted in me so I just want to you know build on build on that and you know have my own leave my own legacy behind now you're doing a great job man and very impressive young man and before I get out of here I'll let you get out of here if someone were to ask okay which game should I watch for Monty Finner which game would you say okay watch this game and that way you get a complete picture of what I bring to the table uh FBS games uh ECU from 15 and Maryland from you know from 2017 uh and far as FCS you know our conferences is the best CAA is tough. <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I had I had a lot of good conference games uh but I can say Delaware from 2016 for sure and from this past year, I can say when we played Citadel, that that team was straight run option like that. That shows you my my willing to you know pack in the box and you know willing to come down and hit. Yeah, you learn you you learn a lot about a defensive player against an option team because that forces you to play with discipline. You learn about their football IQ, their ability to stay disciplined, their technique. All that stuff is key when you watch. That's always one game. I circle when I'm starting to break down prospects. I always find that they played an option team because, again, you can learn a lot from a guy uh, playing against a team that forces you to play discipline and, and, and technically you. sound. You have to. Otherwise, listen, there's no worse feeling. Me and my homeboys always joke about this, talk about this. Like, what's the worst feeling? Jumping off a building and realizing your, your parachute don't open or being that guy that's out there on the perimeter against an option that's the quarterback, the pitch man, and you. Just play no. your assignment. <laughs> <laughs> you got to play your assignment. And it, it, it's hard, though, but I don't get why guys, you know, like a quarterback would make a guy look stupid. You feel <laughs> me? If he's trying to pick the ball, like, just just hit the quarterback. Like, you're, you, it's a, you have 10 other guys to rely on that time. But like, don't, don't always be the hero. You feel me? Just play your assignment. Like, it's a team game. So if your assignment is to hit the quarterback, then just hit the quarterback, you know? And sometimes he may pitch or he may not pitch it, but just hit him, man. You know, that God, you got 10 other guys as well as that. You got the running back responsibility. You got receiver responsibility. And when you look at that game, you're gonna, you you will be able to see, like, guys is most likely just playing their assignment. And that's how – I mean, they rushed for a lot, but they had, like, 40, 50-something carries. Right. You know? So, it, it, you know, they was getting, like, three yards a game. But, you know, that – we 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 play we play how we were supposed to play because we was playing with discipline and our discipline and stuff like that. Now you, you and you know how it is like on a sideline coach could legitimately and strictly just tell you, hey, when you go in there, play the pitch man. And soon as you go in the game, you're gonna try to be the hero. You're gonna try to play yeah. both the quarterback <laughs> and pitch. You're gonna miss both of them, and both gonna run down the field hand in hand, you know, like a relay team. While you offense, <laughs> exactly, that kind of offense relies on. Who's not going to be disciplined? <laughs> and if you don't be disciplined, they, they got a brick in. That's how Georgia Tech is so good at it because they just wait for a guy to not play their job. And, you know, and that's how they – that that's, that team is very good. They've been running options since. God since, knows when. <laughs> right. Well, here, here's how old I am. I remember Georgia Tech pre-option attack. So 
therefore, it, I remember George, see, and, and this is funny, you brought, I tweeted this out a couple of days ago or a while ago, talking about Joe Hamilton. Like, mm-hmm. everyone talks about Kyler Murray, but Joe Hamilton was Kyler Murray before Kyler Murray. That's back when uh, Georgia Tech was throwing the ball and threw the ball a lot in the ACC. And, you know, in your time frame, you all, yeah, you only remember them being the option team, which is bizarre, yeah. which is wild. It's like, damn, I'm old. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, not too many teams running no more, but the ones that do, they're really pretty, pretty good at it. Like, Citadel got that, they got the longest run against Bama and that Bama allowed them forever. <laughs> of lack of discipline. Exactly. Man. That is it. All is that's what it always stems from, man. Lack of discipline. Like you gonna give up a lot, but you just can't give up that play. South Carolina lost to the Citadel what two years ago. Um, I remember that. <laughs> I think Mike Houston was still there from uh from um JMU. Yeah, yep. yeah, he was. Steve they that's when they had that good. They had one at conference, and that was crazy. They all they they and they beat they beat South Carolina at that point. And looking at the highlights, it's discipline son like, <laughs> you, gotta, you just gotta you just gotta play just play play your assignment play your rule like don't be the hero and you watch that game when scouts watch that game as far as like you know like i said it's all in uh it's hard though like exactly you don't know where the ball at, you, know where the ball at and you realize you're looking in the puddle and you're looking in the powder and somebody's breaking out it's like, oh man <laughs> <laughs> now, it, I'm laughing because I I know it's true. I, it, you could have the best plan in, in football history. You get out there and you can't find the ball, and next thing you know, somebody 75 yards down the field, you're like, man, not only is this dude breaking away, but he also slow. So it's like I could catch him, but it's the fact that I got to chase this slow dude because I didn't do my job, and now it's just, it's just everything's just chaos on the field. But, it, I mean, listen. We had them scheduled. When we had them circle, I was like, you know, two of those guys is like, oh, man, we got an option team. But I looked at it as like, yo, this about to be a 20-game tackle. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't got to run by nobody. We ain't got to run by nobody getting beat for no, for no long ball. You know, like 10 runs in the pass, you know. But, you know, and that's just, you know, like I said, I looked at it as like, wow. People can, we, can, we can get in our, you know, safeties. And we can get on our double digits right here. That's how I looked at it. Well, I'm looking at your stats from that game this year. You had eight tackles, a TFL. You also had an interception. Like, the, the fact that you got an interception off of the option team, you know they threw the ball, like, once. And the fact that you took their little one pass away from them, that, that's impressive. Yeah, definitely. And <laughs> I, that was going to pick six. I literally caught the ball and took, like, a step, and my shoe came off. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. That was going to the house. But definitely had yeah eight yeah it was it was it was that was that was a fun game you know just playing it was a ground up it was a really old school game like guys not really running that no more it's all spread and you know fast pacing you know just throw the ball throw the ball throw the ball but that game you had where your big boy passed that game and it was <laughs> cutting like you gotta watch the cut in and. It's a lot with option teams because because they're the the guys on offense like the receivers or running backs they they know how to cut you know as if they're not just blocking they coming around the corner and they're really trying to take you out and you know if on film when you see that you see guys like using their hands to defeat the cut and willing to go around and get the tackles and that's what our coaches were drilling in us since summer like we was doing a lot of drills to know how to defeat the cutback and. I, 
I haven't been chopped since freshman year. I've been chopped one time. And I I hate cut blocks, but it's part of the game. Dad, it's it's funny. I remember we was having <clears throat> this that uh, conversation amongst ourselves as a team, and we was talking about how, you know Army and Navy and Air Force and dudes. And one of our you know defense players like, bro, look at this man. The dude, the tackle is six five, like two sixty. I'm gonna blow him up. I'm like, bro, you gotta realize he a Army two sixty. So he about to fold you up. Like you may be three thirty. And he two sixty, but he an army two sixty. Like his military strength gonna gonna fold you up. Like you can't look yeah. at the numbers on the paper. They military trained. Like yeah, their receivers may be one sixty five, but they could systematically kill you with their hands. So you gotta be careful, man. Like don't think you gonna blow these dudes up just because you bigger than them. Like no, that these are military trained, uh, you know, players out there that that have like grown man strength at nineteen years old. Like you can't just look at the numbers on paper. And discipline. <laughs> and discipline, man. But, Monty, I appreciate you taking time. Where can people follow you on social media and follow your journey as you make this trek from prospect to NFL player? Um, Twitter is underscore Monty Finner, and on Instagram is one Monty Finner. Let's just keep it simple. I don't want to have no crazy name. <laughs> Let's just keep it simple. Though. Just type my name in. I share it pop up. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I remember – Damn, I, I really am. Oh, I remember like in college when we first started to do like emails and it was like, well, you know, you got to pick an email and at hotmail.com. And it was like, man, and you know, at the time you're 18, 19, you go obviously do something stupid. And, and so, yeah, you did a, You did a great job by just keeping it simple, man. So therefore, you don't have much to delete when it's time to start deleting tweets and deleting uh, Instagram. Mm -hmm. posts. So matter of fact, jump on that now. Start deleting stuff now. Uh, yeah, I already you know been trained to do that since <laughs> high school. You know how to recruit, can't recruit guys that you know do stupid stuff. So, yeah, my Twitter is just full of you know football highlights or you know like the inspirational stuff. And my since my Instagram is just clean photos, not nothing retarded. How guys you know can get caught up because not only the NFL looks at it, it's like what if I want to find a regular job? And it's just like. <laughs> Exactly. A character doesn't speaks like that. Are <laughs> <laughs> right, you trying to explain it away? But I, I follow you, man. Listen, we wish you the best of luck moving forward. It was a great conversation, and uh, we'll be following your journey through this entire uh, process and and seeing how it plays out. Where you end up. 